Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Set them up, Joe. Set what up? Four ice-cold lagers. You kept your promise. Let's hope the beer's all I said it was, eh? waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, hello, good morning and welcome listeners. My name is Nick Hart and you are tuned in, of course, to Achtung Millwall which is the CBL Magazine House podcast and the number one podcast devoted to the doings of our beloved Lions. Well, to paraphrase the great man Sir Winston Churchill, whose state funeral took place 50 years ago this week, incidentally, could this week be the end of the beginning for Ian Holloway's reign? Four points from two very difficult fixtures versus Reading last Tuesday, and yesterday, away at the city ground, Nottingham certainly puts me in mind of those halcyon days last August when we could do no wrong. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out 
Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Let's just say for the first time in months that we've got the basis of a team that looks like it cares, and more crucially has the framework to make yourself difficult to beat, which is probably the more important factor. Hope springs eternal at the den, doesn't it, listeners? And despite all of the nonsense that we've had this season, so far these two games have given calls for guarded optimism. Ah, but do we do guarded optimism at Millwall? No, we fucking well don't. We go mental! It's playoffs now! Premier League! The sky is the limit. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, today's drama comes in no less than four parts on the show. Act 1 my coverage of the midweek goalless draw versus Reading. Act 2 introduces a new voice to Achtung Millwall in the shape of Glenn Allen from the excellent This Is Millwall Twitter feed. He's in conversation with yours truly. Incidentally, if you, yes you, listening right now, are interested in coming on to the show to talk Millwall, why not drop me an email at cblthemag at hotmail.co.uk or tweet me at at cbl underscore magazine and you'll be very welcome to come on the show. I want to get as many different voices as I can, listeners, onto this show. Act 3 takes us to my second half coverage of yesterday's fantastic win at Nottingham Forest. Why second half? Because I messed up the microphone, listeners. Yeah, I know. I messed it up. Anyway, there wasn't much to report from the first half. And then Act 4 is my, my personal post-match analysis. This, Act 4 is my personal post-match analysis. Achtung! Well, here we are again, listeners. Happy as can be. All good friends and jolly good company. And what few of us there are here tonight. This is the Tuesday night report. We're not going to do any kind of commentary on this tonight, listeners. We're going to be reporting in on the um, start, halfway, and half time. And never moments of notice, great notice. Probably the big news of the night uh, against uh, Reading is that Ford is captain. Apparently the, uh, the other hot news is that Schitter is amongst the group of players, including Walford, who's been told he can go. No great surprise, probably there. But tonight's team is Ford, defensively Cummings, Nelson, Hurivelt, new signing, and Harding. Uh, Gway, Abdu, Williams and Fabrin, looks like it's going to be 4-4-2 up front, William, uh, Meyerhofer and Gregory so we're going to see how things progress tonight only a few of us in the ground at the moment can't see it being a big turnout we shall see so we're about halfway through the first half, 20 minutes in fact on the clock not a huge amount to report from Millwall, one shot on goal from Fabrini from a dead ball situation as it's gone along, Reading have kind of had more and more of the play going forwards a couple of crosses across our goal that have um, been held at bay with last-ditch tackles by Sid Nelson. Um, otherwise, the game's not got a, a huge amount to report on. It's a little bit like um, an old, a, a tepid cup of tea that someone's given you about 20 minutes ago. It's gone really cold now. It'll keep you alive just, but you ain't going to enjoy it. 29 minutes, and we'll show a little bit more in the last few minutes or so. But please, please, listener, don't run away with the idea that we've looked any kind of force going forwards. We've just shown a little bit more coherence. Um, Fabrini looks like an artist, perhaps a tortured artist with no money, falling upon very, very hard times. He's a genius, but no one's recognising it yet in his life. His, his way had, it, had the ball taken off his feet as I was talking there. Um, yeah, we, we, Fabrini now inside the penalty. What can he do? What can he do? Across the goal! Not bad, not bad, not bad. 29 minutes, best move of the half of Millwall there, as you can hear behind me. 
until now, really nothing much to report, but but Fabrin does show that extra touch of quality. We're going we're gonna to depend on him, I can tell you that much, listeners. More later. 36 minutes into it now, listeners. 37, just come up on my clock. We've just gone close. Shot from the edge of the penalty here by Lee Gregory following a, a, a knockdown. Um, we're not looking as bad as we have. We're not looking brilliant. Let's, let's not run away with things. Reading do look dangerous when they go forward. There's a little free kick going in there now. Full takes. Um, that said, we are looking better. Didn't see the incident, ladies and gentlemen, but Sid Nelson has seen red. Solid challenge on the Reading man who's still down. He's got been shown a straight red mill down to 10 men just before half time. That is a blow. It's got to be said, that is a blow. Can't tell you anything about the incident. Didn't see it. Uh, Reading man still on the floor. Uproar around the ground. Nelson's shown a red. There is half time, listeners. Nil nil, we're down to 10 men. Nelson sent off for a, a, a straight red challenge about halfway inside the middle half. Cheat, 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 say the crowd. Certainly got the crowd fired up. It's been a pretty flat atmosphere. Has Holloway going to refill this in the halftime dressing room? I don't know. We're going to find out. Overall performance, pretty tepid otherwise. Um, nothing much to report, Norway. Looked a little bit better going forwards on occasions without being overtly dangerous. Falls having a word with the referee. Bertram's having a go. There we are. Standout performance, I suppose, from F uh, Fabrini. The only man who looked like he's got half a clue as what to do with football. Otherwise, not a huge amount to report beyond the sending off of Sid Nelson. No doubt you'll read elsewhere about what happened there, because I didn't see it personally. A couple of tweets here from people who saw more of the incident. Simon Keefe in the East Stand says it was never a sending off. He's sitting in the East Stand, got a good view of it. Bill Black says it was justified red. Don't know where he's sitting. And Craig says that Jim on Sky, I don't know who the fuck Jim on, Jim on Sky is, to be absolutely honest, is saying yellow at best. Mulroy says definite sending off, ridiculous to think otherwise. But there you go, there you got, you got it, listeners. Half-time substitutions, um, the Hoff's gone just as well. He was not looking um, effective at all. Paris Cowan Hall's coming, I think. And Adam Dunn coming from a guy, Gway. Strengthen up defence. We're still nil-nil. We still have something to defend. So, ten men second half. Let's see what we can get. Ten minutes of second half gone. We'll make the fight of it. Crowd getting behind him, as you can hear. Behind me is a goal. Oh! Cross. Cross from Harding. Glancing in a wide by Gregory. 55 minutes. Mill we'll making a job of this, listeners. Good to see. You better fight. Down to ten men, but we're fighting. 60 minutes gone, listeners. We're doing well. Mill making a contest of this. We're doing well. Um, not looking earth-shattering, but we're fighting. We're down to 10 men, we're fighting. That's all we can ask. Referee's giving nothing to Mill tonight, listeners. Every decision he can give the Reading, he seems to be favouring them. He's gradually just giving us a free kick, but honestly, um, it's one sort of blue moon for Mill, and almost everything going Reading's way at the minute. Dead ball opportunities. We've got to make these count. And it comes from Williams. It's flowed towards Uriveld. Good save off the line by the Reading goalkeeper. Nice move. Corner Millwall. Could be Williams takes a corner. 63rd minute of the game. He floats it in. We'll stay with this whilst his chance oh, goes long. <laughs> no one there. 
call that a chance would be stretching the word chance. Here's Gregory on the break. He's kept the ball well. Runs through to Paris. Cowan Hall's outside the penalty area. Shoots from distance. It's well wide. Fair play to the boy for having a go. 64th minute of the game. Millwall pressing, listeners. Millwall pressing. What is noticeable is as the fight in the side has increased, no one's getting on their case anymore. Simple equation to make, I know, but there it is. Give the Millwall crowd a bit of fight and they will get behind you. Paul just blasted across the Mill penalty here. It's gone for a corner. Um, every chance that uh, Reading are creating at the moment is uh, it's like a nail in your, in your heart, I can tell you that much. Another cross in there, just headed away by uh, Huyvelt. Uh, 66 minutes gone. Reading trying to make their extra man advantage count. Pressing forwards. But Millwall have got to look bad in the second half. Let's not, let's not get away from that. Parish Cowan Hall's look nippy tonight. Cleaning the tackle as well. Looks like a good prospect on, on the basis of what we've seen so far. 16 minutes to go. Mill just indulged in a little bit of high comic defending there. A bit of a back and forth between Adam Dunn and David Ford. He goes out to Cummings who sells his keeper short a little bit of the pass back. And uh, Ford manages to clear it in comic cut style. But it's a hair-raising moment so you don't really need when it's nil-nil. And we are still just about clinging on to this game. Reading really making their extra man count a little bit more. They're coming down the wing there. There's a ball into the penalty area. Mill get it clear just about. Reading handball appeals there, not being given by this referee. Handball, handball, the Mill fans seeing every time uh, there's been a challenge, Reading fans been a bit of a handball, and uh, obviously that's brought this response. 14 minutes to go, starting to feel a little bit like Rook's drift out there at the moment. We are defending with all our might, hanging on still. Fabrini leaves the game. Who's just coming in? Lee Martin. Done well tonight for Brini. I do like the look of this boy. He's got real scu- uh, touch and skill. Italian artistry. And ball. And an example. How did we all Crowd getting behind this team, they're showing a real, real metal out there, listeners. Ready on the attack, that's offside, thank Christ for that. Coming up for the last 10 minutes, fighting performance so far by Millwall. Something quite striking about the second half performance, where clearly we're just playing with Lee Gregory as a sole striker. He looked far more dangerous going forwards, taking Hoff out of the equation. I thought Hoff had a poor game today, even by his standards. Uh, and we've looked a lot more um, likely to score something in the second half. We've just Lee Gregory as the sole striker target, man. 4-4-1. Good shot and save there from David Falls. Seven minutes to go. Pushed it round for a corner. Shot from the edge of the penalty by the Reading striker. Come for a corner. Second half's been quite entertaining, actually. All you stay at homers who didn't come down here tonight. I hope you fucking enjoyed your home and home in the place in the sun or whatever it is, home and away, whatever shit you're watching. Some of us came down the den and watched our team give a good fighting account of themselves, win, lose or draw out of this. There's still six minutes to go on my clock. Some desperate rearguard defending from the lines, late, late, late in the, in the half now. Less than a minute of real time to go. We're clinging on, listeners, we're clinging on. And I want to say that this Mill team have fought like lions in the second half. 
they'll be out on their feet at the end of this they've given maximum effort it's not been a fantastic game of football don't run away with that idea but we have fought and we have battled and we have given everything we've got to give and that's all you need to do down there come to the final whistle any minute now ladies and gentlemen free kick from Will deep in her own half this should be the last kick of the game I can't think of any reason why it won't be There is a fighting second half performance by the Lions, Mill Mill, Reading Mill. Really strong, good performance, as you can hear. The crowd are applauding the Lions off the pitch. That was what they wanted to see tonight. A bit of fight, a bit of spying, a bit of backbone. Ten men have performed a, a, a really well in that second half. They're up against it, against Reading's side, that were coming forward in waves. Great stuff. Achtung. Mailball. All right, welcome back after the break. New voice for the show now, Glenn. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Hello, mate. How are you doing? You're right. I'm good. Yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, we're both at the game last night. Mill nil, Reading nil. Big step forwards in a funny kind of way, wasn't it? It was. It was an entertaining nil nil draw in the finish. Yeah, I know some people have said that you know we shouldn't get excited about a draw, but um, when you look at a performance like that, and uh, not only that, just the way that the team looked confident and the fans felt more confident. I mean, also, we've been trudging through a desert, mate, haven't we? I mean, this is like discovering a, a can of Coca-Cola that's ice cold in the middle of a desert after 30 days on, you know, with no water or something. It is, it's a little oasis of, of hope in uh, what's been a fairly bleak period of, of Mill history recently. I think, I think that's the thing about it, isn't it? It's, um, it's not been a good season. I think the only thing you could else point out is Fulham away, possibly. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a, that, that was probably the last time where we we felt collectively good after a football match, wasn't it? Yeah, um, as I say, you shouldn't get your hopes up too much. You know that performance needs to carry on to the next game and into the next game to see the you know to make you know make sure it wasn't a one off. You know, and you also don't really know how good or bad Reading really were. Well, I thought they looked okay. I mean, I, I know that they were. Um... You know, obviously they're playing ten men, so they're always going to have a man sparing, especially in the, in the second half. But um, I, I didn't think they were that bad a side. They, they probably lacked a little bit of bite in front of goal, as as did we. Um, but I think they would they would come away from that game last night feeling that was you know two points dropped rather than as it is for us is a point gained, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you say, I think I think both um, both teams didn't seem to have much up front. Um, yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I, I was tempted to go home at halftime because we had three shots on target, and to me that felt like an exciting game. So I was like, wanted to call it quits there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it, I mean, just to talk, talk. I mean, obviously it was it was a pretty much a completely new side, really. I mean, we're playing with eleven men that you know, large chunks of which had never met each other before. But um, I mean, I, without wishing to dig one player out, I thought Meyerhofer's performance last night was exceptionally poor. I, I can't. I can't dress it up. I can't pretend it was, you know, he, he has he has fewer excuses than most. But I just thought it was an awful striker last night. I um I have stood up for him before because I I did say that he's not always very good, but he can be entertaining. He's um, lost even that ability, Glenn. <laughs> he can't even draw a laugh anymore, can he? Um, yeah, last <laughs> night I think the only thing that I find funny <laughs> more is that I think he runs. He, when he runs, he's like a cross between a Velociraptor and Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all that's about left of the guy. Uh, <laughs> it was a nice image, nice image. I mean, rightfully substituted at half time. Obviously, we're in the aftermath at that point of um, the Sid Nelson sending off. Now, I, I didn't see the incident in real time. I don't know if you got any any view of of it. I've only seen the YouTube um, post match clip. 
looking at that, it looked a fair call for a red card. If I'm if I'm going to be really grimly honest with you, I um I actually did miss it as well because I was off to go and get myself a Den Burger down at the uh, stand. So uh... <laughs> this is why people tune into our show, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us saw the incident we're going to talk about. I mean, I, I I can't relate the whistle to the challenge, and obviously the <laughs> the um um. So I'm going to blag it on this one, but I've seen the YouTube clip. I mean, certainly the Reading player goes flying. I don't know if you've had a chance to to I've, I've had a, yeah, I've had a look at it. And, uh, I still can't entirely make my mind up, but when you put a tackle like that in, then you're asking to get a red card from referees. Really, um, you know, it was a silly it was a silly kick to make. There was no real need for it. It's, it's inexperience. I mean, you know, I think it's easy to, uh, you know, we've pinned all of our collective hopes on Sid Nelson. Uh, he's only got a few games under his belt so far, and he is only 19 years old. I, I, I think, and I, I noticed last night, he does look like a boy at times trying to stand up with men that, that are coming at him. He looks physically smaller than they do, and he's got a few years of development and, you know, building some nous in the game as well. I mean, that was bang on half time. And yeah. it was a situation where there was no direct danger, but that will come to him as 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 his education progresses in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I probably think differently to a lot of other people about Sid Nelson, and that I can't help but think he's a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for a, a, a sacrificial lamb for Holloway. Right. Um, you know, obviously, I do think he's got something about him. I'm just not very happy about the whole situation where he got made captain after three games. Um, think that. I mean, this is what we've called the political choice of Sid yeah. Nelson, really, Glenn, isn't it? This is the the selection to boot, to buy the crowd in a in a, in, a, in, a, in a way. One of the things I think I tweeted last night at the game. What I noticed was, you know, we we lost Nelson at half time. We're down to ten men. Dunn came in for the second half, and we we looked defensively more coherent in the second half. I mean, again, that's it's, it's a horrid truth in a way, but we just looked a bit more solid um, with with the back four of experienced, mm-hmm. you know, um, older older it's... defenders. I think, uh, as I've said many times on my Twitter account... Um, against... You've got a Twitter account, have you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what Twitter account is that, Glenn? Um, I'd be This Is Millwall. This Is Millwall, the fastest rising Twitter account, listeners. Get, get on it. It's it's good stuff. Anyway, back to the game. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I've said before, you know, Dunn and Ford, I've got a lot of confidence in, uh, as opposed to most who don't. Mm. Um, they have been scapegoated where the rest of the team don't try so when everyone else when those who do try um put their foot in they get noticed more and when you saw last night we've done on forward when they've got um other players who seem to actually want to play football yeah the confidence was much much higher i mean forward i think made maybe one potential mistake in the game that wasn't really particularly that bad and done made a half error that he he um he caught up again with, and that was it really. Um, but of course, the minute done made half an error, everyone was on his back for five seconds. Another factor in this is we've, we've gone back for whatever reason, however, um, you know, however frantically we've, we've got to this point, we're back to four, four, two. And I think that the players that we have, particularly the older school, like Dunn and Ford are, are just happier in that environment. They know what they're supposed to be doing and everyone's got their position and everyone's comfortable with it. I just thought the team structure, uh, Meyerhofer apart, who I thought had a, uh, a mare last night, but otherwise we looked like we we at least had an, an idea of what we were doing. Or yeah, I mean, some some of the balls we played, it was like oh, you know, it was it was great. I mean, actually, Hoff, um, the Hoff going off did us a big favour because like straight from kickoff we hoofed it to to Hoff. Yeah, and I thought, please don't be like that all game. Um, so him actually going off uh, changed how we played quite a bit for most of the game. 
He's a fascinating yeah. player, Meyerhofer. I, I, I think I'm developing a little bit of a, uh, a Meyerhofer obsession in some ways. He's, 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 he's a big guy. He's a big. I'm going to sound like Michael Caine in the, what's that film where he's, he's a big man, but he's, he's not out of shape, but he just doesn't have any physical presence somehow. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. He don't jump. He doesn't have any. He, don't, he lacked the vision that might have just about saved his bacon in recent games, but he, he was very poor, I thought, last night. Yeah, I, I, he was the weak, um, the weak link in that um, first half performance, definitely. I mean, on a positive note, I, I thought the the uh, debut of Huivelt in defence was as good a debut as I've seen in a long time. He just looked like a natural fit in that central uh, defensive role, there, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, Doctor Who, as I'm calling him, uh, he uh, <laughs> he um, he looked very strong, and I, I, I don't know if you've seen a photo of the sending off, but his reaction. Yeah, he cares. He cared about it, didn't he? I, I've seen that shot. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just little things. It's those little things that make you have a bit more faith in what's going on. Yeah, he he looked very very strong. It just at the back four, it was it was like back when maybe two three seasons ago when you had like you know uh, you never ever worried about our back four. No, that's right. It was a solid unit. Yeah. It was always like you know what was going on up front that was the issue. What do you make of Fabrini, Glenn? Um, I, I like the look of this boy. I know we've only got him on loan, but he, he looks a different gravy for me. He um, certainly has a lot of talent. The only issue I do have with him is um, his ability to not pass a ball when he should maybe pass instead of running at f- uh, 300 defenders. Um, <laughs> I think that's... Take him on me. But he won us a lot of free kicks last night. And, uh, he did. Um, you know, he just... He, when he's, he reminds me, um, probably a bit more talented than the, than who I'm going to mention, but he reminds me of when uh, we had Christoph Kinney. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the continental genius thing, isn't it? I mean, Christoph had that kind of intellectual floppy haired thing going on. And Fabrini has, a, I don't know, he's got like a touch of the Italian Renaissance artist about him. And there's always, a you do lean forwards. These are players that are going to do something, something unusual. That's that's something we've been missing for a long time, that, that touch of creativity. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that that goes for um, for uh, Paris Cohen Hall when he came on as well. Um, very much so. Yeah, very, very similar in that he got the ball when you you got excited, and uh, it was good to see um, a sort of well semi winger. I mean, I don't know what his actual position is officially. He's actually got a bit of um, muscle to him. He didn't. Yeah, it's over. I mean, uh, that that would be the contrast I draw. I mean, you're right. I mean, I'd, I'd put him on the wing, and that that would that looks like his natural position. He's a small boy, but. Um, very industrious. Um, he, he does the work side, and I think that's probably the biggest contrast with, say, Fabrini, for example, mm-hmm. who's your traditional creativity type of player. Um, Cowan Hall does have that, um, if not on the same level as Fabrini, but he certainly brings the the work rate in as well. He, he put himself about last night, I thought. Yeah, it was just nice to see someone get a, a bit of a tackle, and then uh, he just got up and got on with it, and yeah. a couple of times knocked their players off, didn't go down. Um, you know, which is issues I had when we had James Henry would get knocked over too easy, too lightweight. You know, Cow- Cowan Hall's a small fella, but he seems to be out to stand up and and push people off him, which is uh, exciting to see. It reminds me of the young Jimmy Carter. You're probably too young to remember Carter in his heyday, but again, another small but very skillful, nippy winger, more traditional winger in his case. But Cowan Hall, Huivelt, um and, and and to a degree, Fabrini, probably the least of the three, but Huivelt and, and Cowan Hall look like Millwall players to me. They look like they're instant favourites. You can just tell the reaction of the crowd that they instantly have taken to these two boys. I think we're going to take to Fabrini, but he's, he's more the kind of, um, I don't know, he fades, doesn't he? he? You know, if things aren't going his way, you can tell now he's, he's, his head drops slightly. Um, I, I did I did, um, I did did laugh at the way he went off for his substitution as well, like he was some sort of... Uh... 
at an international game, uh, didn't like applaud the fans. He was like putting his hands up as like you know. Yeah, that's it, right. Um, you, you learn that in Italian football school. You know, it's, it's how you exit. It's, <laughs> it's a sense of drama. Ian Holloway, Glenn, as post-match quote. I've got to read this out. He says he's being driven insane by referees. Now, um, obviously, that's, that's his excuse, is it? <laughs> well, there's a couple of elements there. I mean, obviously, that he's referring to the sending off of, of Sid Nelson. But the, I just want to go over the phrase again. He's being driven insane. Now, that implies that he's coming from a place of sanity, going towards insanity. There's a journey going on that system. But... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think someone posted on the news at then that, that that boat sailed some time ago. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's um, that's the annoying thing about. I know it sounds um, uh, quite bad, but it's just like, oh, you know, I don't want to read Holloway's quotes. It will ruin the moment for me from last night uh, <laughs> of enjoying the game. And every time he got up off the the, uh, the the dugout, I was just like, oh, just sit down, will you? Talking about Holloway's quotes, I, I, I am going to read one out. I'm going to read it out verbatim for yourself and the listeners. This is on the news at Den, so you can check its, um, you know, its truthfulness. I'm going to read it word for word, and this is exactly what he said to news at Den. Talking about the, uh, Diego Fabrini gets tripped up, play goes on. Five seconds later, their fella falls over, just like Fabrini, they get a free kick. We didn't. Now, for me, that happens far, 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 far too many times. That's the exact quote. So do you think it's it's a bit far too many times? That's two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve uses of the word far. That sounds like one of his formations. But he's being driven insane. He's not insane already. He's dri- being driven insane. Oh, I, I want to know who's doing the driving, but uh, that man's mental. The man's mental. Yeah, um, he does. He does. Um, he winds me up quite a bit, so I have to probably bite my tongue on this. Uh, no, right. I'm never. I'm ever since the Leeds home game, I've never ever been a fan. Uh, no, when no. he sort of dropped our fans in it, I've I've not had any time for him. It'll take it'll take a lot more than some funny quotes and a, a couple of good performances to win me over. I think he meant that one. I don't think that was intended to be funny. I think that was meant. I think that was delivered from the heart. But, I mean, on, on the subject of insanity, um, you know, obviously the team last night pulled together <clears throat> and we, we got a performance. But you do have to question. I mean, Jack Powell, who played on um, in the previous game, um, is nowhere in sight last night. He wasn't even on the bench. Um, decisions like that defy understanding, don't they? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Sid Nelson, obviously, apart from the fact that he got a red card. But yeah. past that, I think we won't see him for a little while. Um, it's, you know, uh, another one you, you feel like that with, is like with Marquis, you know, in the team out. And, yeah. um, you know, Nelson was in the team, then he was dropped again. And then he's back again as captain. It's, uh, it's insane. Um, it doesn't make any sense. You know, last night, you know, Sid Nelson was the captain last week. Yeah. Um, but then midweek, he says, uh, Holloway says, Jimmy Abdu is the shining light. So you think, oh, maybe he should be captain. But then David Ford ends up with the armband. Yeah, I mean, these are serious points, aren't they? It I mean, doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, it makes no sense. No. Doesn't make any, yeah. He's, he's a hard man to figure out. I don't know that anyone can figure him out. I'm not sure he can figure himself out, to be honest with you. But he's, he's been backed. He's, he's clearly going to be in place for the remainder of the season. I, I, I like the look of the... Um, of the 11 last night, minus Hoff, uh, Meyerhofer. I, I, I do think that he lacks quality. I do think that he's, uh, he's, he's standing out like a sore thumb. Hey, why we've, I think we just signed him because we needed a striker and he'll do, you know. Um, we are a striker short of, of, of looking like a reasonable outfit. Um, that said, we're, what, five, six points off the off, off the um, safety spot? There's still plenty of time to go, Glenn. Do you, um, 
Do you see us doing it? Do you see us surviving this season, mate? Still have my doubts, but I'll stick with them. Uh, if they, you know, if they pull performances like last night for the rest of the season, then maybe I can actually swallow going down because they tried. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go down, obviously, but um, if we have, I mean, going on the players we had last night, if we can get someone just to bang some goals in, you know, maybe not put Gregory so deep that yeah. we have in, like, he seems to be defending rather than yeah. being a striker. Um, in fact, I think he might have even scored last night had the linesman not made the worst uh, offside call I've seen in some time. But, uh, you know, give him a bit of support and uh, we might, you know, might see something, uh, you know, as, as much as some fans may not want to see him back, it might be worth having Fuller back in that side with uh, with Gregory. Um, Fuller probably, I mean, the, the thing with Fuller obviously is his ability to, um, you know, to, to, to remain fit week by week. Um, Lord Kitchener speaking on the House of Fun, posting on the House of Fun's called for John Berylson to dig deep. I mean, he's already dug deep, I think, to um, to fund events of the of the last few weeks. <clears throat> but he's calling on him to dig deep and sign a proper striker, a goal scoring striker. If only it was that easy. But I I think to to lay your hands on that kind of talent, you you have got to spend big. And I'm not sure that we, I don't know, we're not capable capable of spending that kind of money, Glenn. Well, there's, there's one or two things that you can do, isn't there, really, in, in our situation, which Kenny Jackett was good at doing, was uh, was using the loan system and finding someone in the Premiership who was on the fringes or or younger, you know, with like, you know, Wood and Kane and... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that basically, um, you know, with their goals, kept us up both those seasons. I mean, we're going to need to find somebody at that level to really stand a chance. I mean, you know, for all of the... Um, you know the spirit last night. We we our closest chance was from Huivelt was a header on goal mm. in the second half. So the central defenders claiming about the lion's share of the chances. Um, we do need someone to start scoring. That's for sure. So if there is anyone that um, Holloway has on his agenda, then now's the time to to get that deal done. Yeah, I mean uh, apparently I've just uh, seen a tweet from uh, <coughs> from all those accounts talking about uh, French and Dutch players. Yeah, uh, you know it could be we get some random fella from from overseas um but uh, it is definitely feels like the last piece of the puzzle um going on what i saw last night is that if we can uh, get someone just to put a couple of goals in and we you know the defense stays that strong as it did last night you know things might start picking up the other i suppose the other big news <clears throat> of last night was the uh it, it kind of it's half come out in on, on viral those account that danny shitsu has been uh given permission to look for other clubs. I think Martin Walford as well was, was a, another one that's been given permission. Um, I mean, Shitu, I, 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 I personally, I know he, he brings a leadership element to the to the club, but from a defensive point of view, when you see the contrast with what we saw last night with Huvelt, a fit younger player, as against Danny, who's now clearly at the end of his of his time, um, there was a sharp contrast. So I don't think anyone can argue with that. Do you, where do you stand on the Shitu question? No, I, I'm, I'm yeah. the same. I mean, uh, he was... Uh... Again, he was he was like uh, how I felt about the Hoff. He was entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um, but you know, in in retro, you know, in, in when you look at it, really, I didn't ever see much difference between him and Alan Dunn, apart from maybe having a bit more well, leadership. But better. that was that felt like that was only when it was on TV. Um, that shit, who put his best performances in well, about five stone. I think that's the main difference between yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he, he done a job for us on a couple of occasions um yeah for the last couple of seasons and uh i think he'll certainly be remembered fondly by a lot of uh, a lot of us so um time to to it's probably better for him to go and for us to be looking for 
sort of younger or or say oh dare I say better when you look at you know like the Doctor Who last night and yeah, yeah. Harding as well um, uh, even Cummings looked uh, quite good at the back uh, can't cross a ball for Toffee when he goes forward but uh, yeah no I, I thought he was a solid defender we we yeah. we clearly <clears throat> we clearly have our European scouting network up and running I think that was Mick Harford who's gone over to um, Calais um, via the uh, via the Euro ferries. Um, so that that the Euro, you know, the European scouting network is up and running. So if we can lay our hands on some French or some Dutch talent, then fantastic. We we need it and need it fast, don't we? That's why they must have set the uh, Channel Tunnel on fire the other day to stop our scouts going <laughs> over. Uh, it's uh, one. I think that's always one place we've never actually ventured far from, is it? We never seem to do uh, much international business. I think you said last uh, week. You know, Fabrini's our first ever Italian. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, other, than, other than Tony Cascarino, as I was corrected the other day, who <laughs> 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 came from St. Mary Cray. I'm, I'm going to close it on a positive note. Um, there's a post from Barkworth on, on the House of Fun, Glenn, who called it a not a bad night. He enjoyed it for once. The players gave their all and the new ones looked good. The atmosphere was good. And it was good. The, um, the, uh, the handball chant caused a ripple of amusement, didn't it? Um, and it's the first time he's, this season he stayed to the end to clap the players off. He says we we will avoid relegation. Well, I hope that's I hope that's true. Um, it was a good night. I enjoyed myself last night, and it made a change, Glenn. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the uh, the you know the reason I run the account that I do is because uh, I've always the thing that attracted me to being a Millwall fan was the sense of humour. Yeah, which I feel as uh, you know not always been there in recent times in the darkest of days. So I try to bring back a, you know, trying to have a bit of a laugh, even when I feel as pissed off as most people do. But uh, last night I was uh, actually at one point did have tears in my eyes from laughing. Um, <laughs> yeah, the handball thing was just that classic Millwall of uh, spontaneous piss taking. Yeah, um, it arose out of nowhere, didn't it? Like yeah. all, like all good chants do. Uh, so that was that was a good fun. I enjoyed that a lot. And um, long may it continue. Certainly, yeah, I agree. That was the first time I've. Uh, stood there and clapped the players off for a long time. We're not going to turn our form around magically. No. Um, you know, that's a good starting block, even though it is quite late in the season to have a starting block. There's still time. So uh, PMA, positive middle attitude. Nice one. Good. That's a good moment to close it. We're going to be right back after these messages and I hope I'll be broadcasting to you from the city ground Nottingham. Stay tuned. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Listeners, I want to thank each and every one of you for your kind words and your support for this podcast. I love making it, and it's very satisfying to know that you enjoy listening to it too. Now, you can help us keep on keeping on by picking yourself up a copy of CBL magazine, which will be on sale next week before the Huddersfield game. It's just two quid. And the profits go to charity, and, and as well as supporting this podcast. So thank you very much in advance for that. Achtung, Milbein. Okay, so next up on the show is the second half coverage of yesterday's fantastic 1-0 win up at Forest. As I said earlier on in the show, um, I rather messed up with my new microphone, so I didn't really get an awful lot of first half coverage. Thankfully, thankfully, there wasn't an awful lot to report on, other than the fact that the Lions began the first half by containing the uh, Nottingham Forest team very, very well. So now we're going to go over to the second half of yesterday's game at City Ground, Nottingham. Couple teams for the second half. Good first half from Millwall. Contained this Forest side quite well. 
looked a lot more coherent as a side, a lot more unified. What can we do in the second half, listeners? This is the big question. Cold, grey, afternoon, Nottingham, lights shining brightly. It's there to be won. If we can press forward, we can do it. Equally, it's there to be lost. Away we go. Second half. Mill attacking the, well, I think it's called the Trent end. Big end down there. First on the attack now. <clears throat> Done battling with the winger. Puts a foot in there. That's uh, a throw in for the Forest. Two minutes into the half. Osborne is their player. Pulls back to 30. Forest still got a possession. It's a cross. Come shot. Is it a crossbar? Headed back. Hit the crossbar. Wow. Mill got out of jail there. Catch a break. Forrest did on the attack. Just as I was tweeting that we looked a lot more solid. <laughs> Mill need to keep get a grip. Starting to lose the ball a little bit in midfield now. Concede a free kick. It's about halfway inside our own half over on the right hand side. Some great bands are on your doorstep if you live in Nottingham. Spandau Ballet. Spandau Ballet are playing Nottingham listeners. 10th of March. Tickets from £44. Fucking hell. £44 to watch Spandau Ballet. They're going to laugh. It's done. Long ball. Trying to find Cummings. Finding gloves. Not sure about the gloves thing. Mr Cummings. Hoff's not doing much up front again, listeners. He really isn't. He looks lightweight. He doesn't look dangerous in front of goal. I don't really know what he's bringing to us at the moment. Other than the fact that we need a strike of some sort. That's about all he's bringing. Beyond the obvious um, space that he occupies. I, I just don't know what he's bringing to our side. Upson now on the break. Over on the left. Puts the ball forward. Finds Fabrini. Central. Nicely done. Fabrini's got nothing in front of him. We have to get used to that. Diego Sun. Here's Sean Williams from distance, he's going to try a punt, no, he plays it wide, no one there, Who oh, industrial clearance, long and high, not much getting past Huyvelt, he looks like a good prospect listeners, he goes for Brini on the right, Jinx, lovely stuff, lovely stuff, just clipped, it's got to be a free kick, it's got to be a yellow, surely, he clipped a number of times, Diego Fabrini song comes out. Diego Fabrini, Seven Nation Army. 53 minutes. I get a sense it's going to be a long half of football, listeners. Long half of Millwall sustained, taking pressure, I think. This is what we're going to see. Forrest have started the half brightly. Coming down the right hand side, there's a cross. The Hoff. Oh, he's awful. Tried to head it forwards, couldn't get on the end of it for a tall guy. So that lack of heading ability is amazing. Forrest now coming down the right. It's a neat little cross. It's out the crossbar again! Fucking hell! 54th minute. Wow. We're riding their luck, listeners. Riding their luck. Catch another break. 
How many more of these get out of jail cards are we going to get? Ask Richard, Richard Chaplow. Wow. We're conceding possession again. Coming under the cosh. Here comes a ball wide. It comes come down the left now. Forrest coming forwards again. Ball in. Let's go. Oh, fuck it. Oh, that's off the line. Jesus Christ almighty. How did that get cleared? We can't keep taking pressure like this, listeners. One's going to go in soon. Jesus. Basic cross in. It was, it was underneath the goal, basically, and the, and the strikers somehow put it over the bar under, under challenge, admittedly. Massive, massive stroke of fortune. Well, three strokes of fortune, and that's three twice they've hit the woodwork and once from underneath the, the crossbar. Wow. We'll need to make this fortune count. I'm resisting making weak juvenile gags about his name, listeners. We don't need that kind of humour on Acton Millwall. What humour is there in the name Cummings, anyway? If I mean to tweet any of your juvenile gags, I might repeat some, but I, I won't instigate them. I would ride the, uh, the kind of moral high horse, all misses, Fabrini. Jinking his way through, Meyerhoff. Oh, for crying out loud! Another misplaced pass from Meyerhofer, he's looked awful. The 18 into the middle box, cleared. Fabrini. He must wonder what kind of club he's come to with that donkey up in front of him. Meyerhofer. The man's an artist who deserves to be working the very best. He's got a painting decorator's gimp labourer in front of him. Fabrini will retain possession to the displeasure of the Forest crowd. Who gives a shit about that? It's through to Meyerhofer. Oh, blast over the bar. Blast over the bar. Diego Fabrini. 60 minutes on the clock. North start the opening 15 minutes. The second half has been a bit of a, uh, a tale of errors and, and luck. Chances for Forest. We're still in it. 0 0. This 42's coming off. Yeah, about time. Gregory coming in. Yeah. 60th minute. High time. Let's see what Lee Gregory can do. Listen this. We're holding on defence. Just. Gregory wins some space. Puts it forward. It's Gray. Far too left. He's gone too far left. Half a break there, listeners. Didn't come to anything. Gregory's come here looking busy. Good to see. Gives us a presence up front. We were lacking sadly with my offer. Fabrini now. Central. About halfway inside the first half. It's going to be a corner. Millwall corner. 63rd minute. Chance. Come on you Lions. Finds coming centrally on the centre circle. Plays it wide, finds Fabrini over on the wide right position. He's attacking his man, goes past him. He gets clipped. Go get a free kick. We're on the rack there when they were hitting the crossbar and getting chances underneath our goal, but we seem to have ridden through that. We've worked our way through that. We've 
not look too bad going for. We still lack a little bit of bite in front of goal. Story of our season, of course. Gregory's escaping his man quite nicely. He's got a chance now. Ball wide. Oh, it's... thought he was going to find Fabrini. We look a little bit more dangerous with Gregory playing up front. Diego, he comes from Italy and now he lives in Bermondsey. It's poetry for you, isn't it? It's poetry. Upson doing well in midfield there, twisting and turning, quite nicely done. Fabrini takes a clatter, gets a free kick. I'll tell you what, it's been a while since we've had a player where we can demand protection from referees for him on account of his skillful and delicate disposition. But Fabrini is that player. He really does have the touch of the, the top drawer. As you can tell, I'm quite an admirer of him. Don't fancy him. All right, if I was going to go down that road, I'm sure I could do worse, but he's a fantastic player. 71 minutes, last 20. The game is there to be won, it's got to be said. No reason why we can't do it. Forrest, I think, had their best chances earlier in the game. They've had some golden opportunities to score. They haven't taken it. We're still in there. We're still fighting. Gray's coming out. Fuller coming in. It's Fabrini. We're finding space going forwards. Fantastic intelligent ball finds Cummings. Little crosses too long over a bar. Fantastic ball from Fabrini. Found a man overlapping. Beautifully angry ball. Your fans start to sense that we can do it, listeners. Going behind their team, as you can hear. 73rd minute of the game. They're all starting to look like they've got a sense that we can win this. The crowd believe it. I think the players are starting to believe it. Fuller does well, wins the ball well. Lines up to shoot. Gregory goes through. He's still got the ball. Twists and turning. How's he doing this? Clear, unlucky. 74 minutes, Mill pressing forward, they want that goal, they want that fucking goal. They believe they can get it as well. It's been a while since we've seen belief in a Mill team. This team is starting to believe. Get behind this team, you're listening to this, you're down the den, they're all, get fucking down the den, get behind them, they need it. This is a decent side, the beginnings of a decent side. We look much, much more in control after that wobbly, wobbly period. We've looked like we've retained control of the second half from about the mid-period onwards. We started to start to be ours. Free kick conceded. He looked like theatrically died for that. Always trying for a penalty. That's what the Forest fans wanted. Williams going to get a, a yellow card. I thought it looked more than a tad theatrical, but I'm biased, am I? 81st minute of the game, shown in the stadium clock here. Yeah, they, they actually have a stadium clock here. Yeah. Two stadium clocks, big TV screens, HD. A bit like when I was a kid on the council estate, and you, you know, the kids that had colour tellies used to look enviously at them. They were often the ones that also went to Spain and had suntans. We had to go to all Allos, listeners. Kent, caravan site. Nice tackle, Ed Upson. He's done well for me this afternoon, Ed Upson. Come into the game, wasn't picked as the, as the starter, but he's done very, very well in midfield. He's Upson again. Mill retaining possessions, Beavers. 
long kind of angled ball trying to find Ricardo. He's in there. It's a goal! It's a goal! Ah! One yell! Millwall! Full of Nitsi from the goal! Goal keeper! Cut back! Open goal! Slots home! One nil! Eight minutes! <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah. You've got to be in there to get that corner luck though. Him in yeah. Where he followed him. Yeah. Ricardo Fuller. One nil Willow. Forest fans start to file for the exits. They don't think they're going to do it. Well taken, uh, well taken goal, listeners. You've got to be in the situation to get those kinds of chances. He cut the ball was kind of um, passed across the area. Full of challenge and collected the ball. Goalkeeper error, I guess you're going to put it down to. And he slots open into an open goal. All we've got to do now is keep him out. Eight more minutes. Eight and four minutes. I'm going to be watching that fucking clock every second of the way now. The river will brave him with a head. This, this man's looking immense in defence. Forest free kick floated in. Ball loops up. Bobbling around. Clear. Offside and cross for that. on the left he's done well give the makeshift kind of roll that he's in a famous win listeners if we can hold out for another minute and a half and you can say you listen to it courtesy of Achtung Millwall the number one Millwall podcast how good does it get better than that no it fucking well doesn't Last minute of the game. People look at me like I'm mad, talk to myself. I don't give a shit. It's going to be their last chance, I think. Hunt forwards. Williams is in the way. Williams challenges again. Right, back to the goal. So this, this will be their last chance, I think. Another long punt forwards. Dunn's in the way. Floated in. Dunn's there again. Wins a free kick. Hurubel giving a fist sign to the Mill fans. I make that time, listeners. I make that time. Yes! Yes! Listen to that, listeners. A long wait. 1 0, Millwall. Hurubel runs straight over the away fans. The, the home fans, the away fans, <laughs> I can't talk, that's great to see, this man loves his club already, fantastic. Listen to that listeners. There you go, fantastic fighting win by the Lions there. Been a long while coming. Great team performance, immense uh, defensive performance, I thought, from Hurivelt. Uh, up front, I thought Lee Gregory looked sharp, good, and also word in, in midfield for Ed Upson. 1 0 Millwall, fantastic. There you go, listeners, that's been Achtung Mill this week, the week in which Mill gained four points 
and maybe, maybe started the long slow climb back from the brink of relegation. You've been listening to Afghan Mill. Thank you for listening. Over and out. So there we are, listeners. That was a fantastic away win up at Nottingham yesterday. All played out officially in front of 650 travelling Mill fans. That was, of course, the official numbers sold, but I think a fair few got in as play on the days up there. It certainly seemed like there were more within the stadium yesterday. Now, as you'll hear from the match review, the Mill support made itself heard very loudly in what was, from a home perspective, quite a flat atmosphere within the, within the stadium. Uh, the city ground was, of course, remade as one of those Euro 1996 venues. And in many ways, it's fallen prey to the kind of corrosive modern football effect sparked by that tournament and Sky Television, of course. All the ultra-style flag-waving, the Mullerkin tyre song and, you know, the kind of general um, modern football thing inside the ground there didn't really mask the increasingly desperate sense that the twice European Cup winners were indeed sliding towards a League One relegation dogfight. And it, it served to make an odd afternoon in many respects. Walking back to the car after the game, I was listening to the Forest fans' conversations and then I tuned into Radio Nottinghamshire as I was driving out of town. And there was that usual sense of ever so slight disbelief that they could lose to a side like Millwall, which pervaded everything that I was hearing. Despite being a club and country legend, I think Stuart Pearce's neck is very much on the chopping block this morning. I just want to give you this quote as well from the, the BBC website. This is Stuart Pearce saying, It was a disappointing afternoon. Millwall were a team who were waiting to be beaten. I was disappointed that we did not win. Now, I'm going to disagree with Psycho there. Um, I don't think we were a team waiting to be beaten. In fact, I think we were a team that had gone there with a plan, and for the first time in some while, we would look like we were capable of executing that plan. So I don't agree with the uh, club and country legend Psycho, who almost certainly will be feeling the, the, the chill wind of the sack at some stage soon, I, I think. Anyway, judging by what the, um, the Forest fans were on about as I, as I walked back to the, to the car. And yet such is football that if any one of their three golden opportunities had gone into the Lions' goal early in that second half period, then the spectre of relegation would have faded. And then they would have had giddy talk of being up there with the playoffs, as they seem to expect as their, their God-given right. As it is, the, the result for the Lions eased the pressure on, on Ian Holloway considerably. Yes, I know the board and most pertinently John, Chairman John Barrelson have backed him this week. But nevertheless, they were three very welcome points yesterday that closed the relegation gap to just two points to behind Brighton. Now, I do want to make the point that the Lions rode their luck yesterday, and let's not anyone lose, lose sight of that. Forest looked like a poor side with uh, less confidence than we took up the A1, but one thing I do want to say is that we looked, for the most part, much more solid defensively. The reversion to the 4-2-3-1 formation made us much harder to break down, and as much as I love my old-school 4-4-2 flying wingers, look, we did look a lot less exposed, it's got to be said. But better than the improved defensive work, for me the real story yesterday was the way we looked a better unit going forwards. Now I want to leave aside the poor form of Stefan Meyerhofer, who I think looks at C in the two matches he's played this week. What struck me was the way that we absorbed the early loss of Lee Martin and then brought in Ed Upson, who went on to have a really strong game for me yesterday. I want to say well done Ed, because he's a player who's been out of favour a little bit, but did well yesterday. I also want to mention the Italian genius of Diego Fabrini. He comes from Italy, he plays in Bermondsey, as the, as the chant had it. Um, now, as some have said on the message boards, we do need to be careful of not going overboard, as he's not really one of ours, he's only on loan with us till the end of the season. But this is a player who does bring a touch of quality with him, make no mistake. His ball control and his dribbling ability are top draw, and that's something that's been lacking at the end for some years. I compare him with the young Jimmy Carter. Yes, yes, he is that good, in my opinion. Let's go through the side and we'll give him marks out of 10 for yesterday. In goal, of course, David Ford. Now, I'm going to give Fordy a 6 out of 10. 
Uh, he made a critical save for the in the first half, and he took some crosses well. Looked solid. Um, he looked much more comfortable than of late. There were no madhouse dashes out of defence, nor suicide ball skills in front of you know oncoming strikers. He looked something like the David Ford of old. It wasn't brilliant. It wasn't poor. It was a good performance from Fordy. So I'm going to give him 6 out of 10. Then through the defence. Now Cummings. Um, I'm going to give him a 6. Um, he's a player that doesn't seem to make many mistakes, Cummings. But then nor does he do anything particularly outstanding. So he's got all the advantages of being the reliable type. Um, which also means you are faintly boring as well. That said, I like the look of this this, this player. Huivelt, num number 5. Uh, Huivelt. I'll give him an 8 out of 10. He's my man of the match from, from yesterday and, and in the week. He's a rock. He's the best central defender I've seen at the Den in years. He reminds me, in fact, of Colin Cooper in his prime, insofar as that he's nobody's mug when it comes to the physical side of the game. But he does bring a touch of Dutch class to the ball. He's a real find. And he also looks like he's enjoying the culture at Millwall. I won't be the only one who noticed how he was the first to come over and celebrate the win with the, the travelling support yesterday. Someone posted online that he was the Buddha of central defence in that he is a calm, he brings calmness, he exudes calmness. Um, I, I agree with that. He's a fantastic, fantastic player. Um, a good shot on him as well, I think. So, full marks to, to uh, Huey Belt there. Beavers. Um, I'm marking Beavers at seven. <clears throat> um, I respected his performance yesterday. He's been recalled after being out of favour a little bit of late, for whatever reason. Who gives a shit in the end, as long as the, the performances come in. Um, and he's been linked with moves back up north from whence he came. Um, but he came in and did a professional job yesterday. Now, I, I think that deserves praise. I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. Then we've got Dunn, Alan Dunn. Um, now, Dunny, I'm going to give a 6 too. Not because I thought he played particularly badly. He played as Alan does. And he has his limitations. That's, that's not beat around the bush. And I think if the opponents had been better yesterday, then those limitations may have been exposed. But one thing that he does bring is that impossible thing to define. That is spine. He's got... Arsehole. He battles. He keeps on keeping on. His presence is vital despite his flaws. And there's a very Millwall dilemma for you, listeners. So 6 out of 10 for Alan Dunn, for me. Um, midfield, the midfield 2, uh, which is Sean Williams, got booked yesterday. Um, but I'm going to give him a 7. Now, he's another man who I compare to St Francis of Assisi. Might be a strange analogy to draw. It's my show, so I'll draw whatever strange analogies I like, listeners. Um, he brings a calmness and order where otherwise chaos would reign, I mean by that. Very solid game by Sean yesterday, and it was a reminder of what we've been missing out on during his period of enforced absence following that, that um, unusual red card we got in the other game. Number 26, Jimmy Abdu. Num I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10. It was a typical Jimmy performance. What can we say that hasn't been said a thousand times before this club legend? And he is a club legend, listeners. He joined us in the dark days of League One in 2008, and yet here he still is, still finding a role for himself seven years later in the second tier. He's a massive example for all you young players of what sheer, bloody-minded, hard work and persistence can bring in the game. 18, um, Gway, uh, replaced by Fuller in the 72nd minute. I'm going to give Maguire Gway a 6 out of 10. It's good to see him starting more regularly. I do like him as a player. He did nothing special yesterday. He didn't do anything shocking either. Um, replaced in, in the 72nd minute, as I say, by Ricardo, who went on to nick that winner in, in the 83rd minute. Now, Ricardo, this is a message directly to you, mate, if you're listening. Those goals are fuck-offs that we like. Number eight, Diego Fabrini. I'm going to give him a 7.5. He's only marginally behind who we've helped. Um, what superlatives, more, more who's superlatives, going to heap on this skillful but delicate frame of Diego Fabrini. 
probably the only criticism I'm going to make of, of the boy is that he, his game, for all of its skill and class, lacks a little bit of end product. Um, and he's got incredible close control and ball trickery. Um, but in his defence, you've only got to look to see who he's trying to supply uh, to create that end product. And maybe that part of the story as to why his skill doesn't quite or hasn't quite yet produced the goods. Um, but he's a real find. He's a jewel um, and an artist. I like him, as you can probably detect. Real find by Ian Holloway. Well done for, for, for obtaining his signature. Uh, number seven, Lee Martin starts. He didn't really see a huge amount of Lee Martin, so he's replaced in the 15th minute <clears throat> by Ed Upson. Um, now, Ed Upson's another player who's not found favour in the court of King Ollie, um, for whatever reason. And again, as I said earlier on, increasingly I'm starting not to give a shit because I think half of it is six of one and half a dozen of the other with, with these um, personality clashes. But yesterday, Upson um, made a strong case for me to be picked as a starting player. Tough tackling. He earned a yellow card for his troubles, but beautifully weighted passes at times. Um, one of his better performances, so well done, Ed. Uh, up front, oh dear, now what can we say? Number 42, the Hoff, Stefan Meyerhofer, replaced, of course, by Lee Gregory in the 61st minute. 4 out of 10. Ouch, I know. 4 out of 10. It was a piss-poor week for the lumbering Austrian van driver. I can't call him a striker, as he appears to lack the vital signs required to earn that term. I mean by that, he can't head, he can't pass, and he can't shoot. What can he do, I ask? The 61st minute introduction of Lee Gregory made us look sharper up front with a more quickness of thought and, and quicker movement. Surely the Hoff, at best, is now a novelty act who should warm the bench rather than start. And by that, I mean the park bench, because that's from what I've seen this week, that's about his level. Achtung, Milball. In other news, other news around the den, what we've got? We've got Danny Shitu, um, been told this week that he doesn't feature in Ian Holloway's plans. And he's taken to posting tweets and Instagrams alleging backstabber, not against anyone directly, of course, because that'll get him into trouble, but they're kind of indirectly uh, uh, directed towards Ian Holloway, almost certainly. Backstabber. Um, I don't know. Football is what it is. I mean, players back would backstab as soon as look at you. So you have to take this with a pinch of salt. I, I, I find it a little bit embarrassing, if I'm honest, for players to do this kind of stuff. It was a little bit like when Holloway was, you know, kind of parading out our dirty washing in public. I, 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 I compare it with the moment in when you're moving house, when you have to pick up your bed mattress. The marital mattress has to be taken out to the van, and for a brief moment, it's paraded in front of the neighbours and the street. It's not what you want, is it? You don't want your bed mattress being looked at by other people. Achtung, Milball. Big news, just breaking, um, is that um, Millwall assistant Mark Bertram is departing the club for the Chicago Fire in the MLS. Um, Chief Exec Andy Amber on the news at Dennis said, we wish Mark all the very best with his new venture. Um, Nigel Gibbs is going to step up to become Ian Holloway's number two after Birch has accepted this role with uh, the Chicago Fire. Um, what can we say about this? There's been a huge amount of internet talk, which I'm not going to repeat. I don't think it's worth repeating, to be absolutely honest, about the troubles within the club. I, all I can say is that every football club seems to be a seething mass of personality clashes and barely repressed um, feelings, what shall we say? I don't know. Those that know Birch, and I met a couple yesterday, will say he's a family man who dotes on his two girls and, will do, and that will do more, more than enough for me. I want to wish him well in his new life in the USA. I'm going to call that quits on that subject. Achtung, Milball. Other news, Martin Walford is linked with Leeds before the transfer window shut, which I think is tomorrow, Monday. Um, I'll be sad to see Walford go in a funny kind of way. I quite like Martin Walford. Never a player that's going to set the world on fire. And a limited kind of winger-stroke striker, I suppose. 
he's never let us down. Um, he's been linked with Leeds, which is not a bad move from his point of view, uh, despite all the uh, obvious cracks we can make. They are a big club, so if he can get himself into that madhouse of Leeds United. Good luck to him. Good luck, Martin Walford. Another casualty, it seems, of the month of a long night. Driver like Bertram, in that sense. Achtung, Milbein. And finally, some sad news, of course, which is that Paris Cowan Hall sustained a hairline fracture to his tibia during the 0-0 draw last Tuesday against Reading. Um, a specialist is looking at his uh, his knee, and the news at the moment is there is no news as, as this show goes out. Um, more news once he's had a chance to speak to the specialist. Um, it looks like he's out for the foreseeable future, is what the um, news at Den is saying. That's very, very sad. I, I really like the look of Paris Cowan Hall when we saw him in the week. Lively, nippy, and prepared to put himself on the line a little bit. He, he, he doesn't mind tackling, and that's a good sign to see. But of course, you will draw injuries in that role if you're going to put yourself about. But the boy is game. I want to see him make a comeback, and I'm going to send all of our best wishes to Paris because from what little we've seen of him so far, he looks the part. So there you go, listeners. That's the show. Thank you for listening. And why not get yourself back down the den next week at home to Huddersfield? This is a team that's starting to look like one that we can get behind. We need you back there. Get yourself down there, come on. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Mm-hmm.